praise the Lord. Um, I think I'm, I was saying to Tim earlier, um, I'm very happy I actually came um, the last speaker of the day because I think Gary, Dr. Ami, um, Dr. Joseph Boat, um, Andre, I think they've kind of laid the foundation for me, which actually make it very, very, very easy. So I think mine will be very, very straightforward. So whatever I'm explaining will be very easy to um, absorb and take in. And for me, it's quite straightforward. Um, I always think I'm a Joseph of my time because um, when I talk about my story, I don't really feel any pain or anything. So I just say it the way the Lord wants me to say it. Is how the audience wants to take it away with them and use it for their own family, for their own churches. Um, and I think, I believe this session will be a blessing for every one of us in the name of Jesus. So, um, there's a day that I will never forget in my life. This day is a very, very special day. Um, I've just finished watching porn. It's, it's a summer day. I've just finished watching porn. Probably about two hours of porn. And um, like Gary was saying earlier, I've just I've built up the emotion. I've watched porn probably an hour, two hours. I said, okay, you know what? The next thing to do is I need to go and act it out. I need to go and do what I think I've seen on TV, on, I mean, on movies. I need to find a way to spend two hours, three hours with someone. Because then I never knew that this guy's on drugs. But you see a picture, and you think the next thing is for you is to try the picture out. So I said, you know what? I need to be able to last for an hour, two hours. That should be the ultimate goal. I left my home. I was then I was living in South Bermondsey, straight to the station because I was so engrossed into the movie. Took um, underground and straight to Soho. The ve so this store in Soho, I probably spent most of my student loan in this store in Soho Square because I had a student loan. I can tell you for a fact that most of my student loan was spent on movies, magazine. So on this very day, I went straight to this store, and there was this gentleman. He wasn't looking at me. He was reading the magazine. I didn't know what he was doing, and I said to him, can you give me a drug that can help me to last long? He said, just he pointed me to the, um, to the shelf. He said, okay, just, just pick something there. I can't tell you for a while what's the name of the drug or anything, but I know it was a capsule. I took on the drug. I'm going somewhere here. So, because I have lots of prostitutes in um, Soho Square that I tend to sleep with. So there was this lady, I called her before I left home, are you going to be available today? She said, look, I'm going to be available. I said, look, time, because I don't want any, because when you sleep with prostitutes, you have to queue up. They all have their own engagement. So I gave her time, I've, I've got to be there. I took the drug, as soon as I got there, I started feeling dizzy, but I didn't know why I was feeling dizzy. I said, okay, don't worry, that's not the problem. The problem is I need to act out whatever I've seen today. Went in, had a chat, but then I was feeling like, okay, I think I'm going to, I don't know whether I was going to collapse, but I don't know what was going on. Sat on the bed, had sex, then I knew something was wrong. So she kind of pushed me out, actually down the stairs. I, couldn't move. I was trying to take the picture, but I couldn't take the picture. I don't know whether the place is still there. So I was going down the stairs. I was going down the stairs in Soho. I don't know whether you've been to Soho before. I, I was going down the stairs. I got to the stairs case. I didn't know what was going on with my head. I was thinking, okay, what's going on? This pub, it's not the pub I'm about to talk about. I was walking down the street, and this pole, this particular pole, I was holding on to the pole, and the last thing I knew was, bam, I was gone. I was gone. And the next thing I knew, I was in the hospital. Mask, everything was on my nose, drips. And the doctor was asking me, Elisha, why do you want to kill yourself? Why do you want to commit suicide? I'm thinking, suicide, what's going on here? Why would I want to kill myself? Who wants to kill himself? I'm having fun. Why would I want to kill myself? There were quite a lot of doctors around me, and they were looking at me. But in my head, I was asking questions. How did I get here? What's going on? How did I, what, what am I doing? But, but, but I was looking at my entire body. My entire palm was all green. Why, why are you putting on drip? I was asking this question, this question. 
And the, guy, the man keeps saying to me, do you want us to call your parent? Do you have any relative? But I couldn't add up one-to-one, because -one, I'm thinking, why would I want to commit suicide? I really want to leave. I'm having fun. To me, this is fun. Sleeping in pro but I can't tell them I was I've been to a prostitute, because they were asking me, where have you been to? I said, no, nothing. But I knew I slept with prostitutes. That was the last time I remembered. So the question is, how did I end up here? How did I get to a point whereby a young guy that grew up in a Christian home, fervent Christian home, end up sleeping with a prostitute? There's this, there's this um, before I go in there, I have to tell you, I mean, that, that my wife took that picture, so don't worry, I'm not, I'm not a great uh, photographer. My wife took that picture. I grew up in a family of four. I'm the first of the child of four. I had a very, child, a very um, challenging upbringing as a first child. One of the key words my mom always tell, say, say to me was, Elisha, you're not going to amount to anything. Constantly telling me this, and I think Gary was mentioning this as well earlier. Constantly saying to me, I think for a parent, if you're here as a parent, you need to be careful as to the kind of words you speak to your child, especially negative words, because it definitely have an impact in their life. You're not going to amount to anything. You will never be like your brother. She's always comparing me with my younger brother, even though I knew I wasn't the best of child. So at home, the last thing I always want to do at home is to stay in that home, because that home was very toxic for me. The last thing I wanted to do was spend time with my father, my mom. I just want to escape. And that's why I'm so happy that Gary actually spoke about this before I came on the stage. I was looking for a way of escape from the house. So before I came to England, I was born in England, but I grew up in Nigeria. So my pornography started at the age of 12. I'm not going to jump after myself. I'm, not, I'm trying to control what I'm, what I'm about to say here. Before I get to the point of addiction, it was a journey. And I'm going to take you through my, 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 my 12 to 13 years of addiction and what actually occurred. When I talk to people about porn addiction, I always tell them that addiction is an end state. It's a journey. It's not something that just happened in a day. It's something that you go through over a period of a time. So addiction is an end state, but there's a point whereby the first time you actually come in contact with porn, the exposure, the time you spend watching porn, the masturbation, those are the process. So the very first time I came across porn was between those age. And I remember clearly the very first day I came across porn. I will never forget this day. I think everything in my life is always summertime. I don't know why. Summertime, summertime, summertime. <laughs> this one also was a summertime as well. This summer, family, friends home, again, parents. I know you love, uh, you love your child going on holiday, sleep over, spending time with friends, but you've got to be very vigilant as to the kind of information they've been exposed to wherever they're in someone's house. So this was a family friend's home. The very first time I came across porn, this I mean, it was so strange to me because in my head, whenever I'm about to leave the house, my mom always said to me, Elisha, never you impregnate a lady. That was the first definition of sex for my mom. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> And I was thinking to myself, what does it mean to impregnate someone? <laughs> I was, I'm about to step out of the house. Okay, I came from an African Nigerian home. Don't impregnate someone. And I'm thinking, boy, this woman again. But here I was dabbling into porn. And she never knew. Mom was very, my mom, she's, I've lost both of my parents. My mom, she was very, she's a very successful woman. Very, very entrepreneur. Wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning, doing her stuff, trying to get the business ready. But when she was waking up is when, I'm, when I was actually, when she was waking up is when I'm about going to bed. Because what I was doing in the nighttime was actually spending time watching porn, going through Playboy magazine. Like what you said, Andre, Playboy magazine was my own. That was my own baby. I never knew why my mom never found out about this magazine. I had stacks of them. I mean stacks under my bed. My mom never knew. Maybe it was for a time like this. That's why I call myself Joseph. She never knew. She never go under the bed. She would come into the room. Oh, your room is dirty. Your room is rough. But she never opened up the mattress to see the stacks of Playboy magazine. 
I miss my mom. I think she will have been saying, I, I don't know why she's gone now. Maybe that's God's plan, but that's not mine. So then, um, again, Gary says something which is very, very clear. Your child is upstairs. I'm not saying every child. Some child are introverts. Some child are extro. I'm extrovert. The very first time I masturbated, I knew where I was. I was in the room. My mom went downstairs. And I was, because I've watched, I've watched this magazine for so long. I needed to release the tension. And I started playing with my I mean, private part. That was the first time I experienced masturbation. And I think, wow, this is it. This is the connection. I might not be able to have sex, but I knew how to get out the athlete. So that was the beginning for me of masturbating. So I think before I came to England, because I left Nigeria um, at the age of 19, so I lost more at the age of 15. I remember the first day my friend introduced me to sleeping with a prostitute. I was in Nigeria as well. So at the age of 15, I was introduced to ladies sleeping with a prostitute in Nigeria. So if I left home in Nigeria, my pornography addiction is kind of like, my pornography usage is kind of like going into a different different heights. I remember then in Nigeria, I'll probably steal money from my dad in order to, to sleep with a prostitute. The very first time I got to England, I was, I was staying in someone's home. And um, I never knew what was Sky. But I was going to the channel. And I came across, like, what? I used to buy a magazine in Nigeria. Now I can watch it on TV. Bow, miracle, freebies. Then that was my life again. So for me, my journey towards addiction as a young boy, by the time I, if you look at the age of 13, 15, 15, 17, while I was masturbating consistently, Prostitute for me was a way of, I haven't got a girlfriend, but I need an outlet to get rid of this tension. I've, because with, with porn, what you do, so I, I tell people, I mean, this is very controversial, but for me, when it comes to masturbation, you spend all your days, hours, sometimes I could spend four or five hours watching porn. You build up this stimulation in you. There's always, you need an outlet. There's always a way to get an outlet. So for me, I can watch porn in the morning, afternoon, masturbate, sleep, watch porn, masturbate, a whole day without leaving the house. Before I knew it, I started having an erection problem. So that means in order for me to, before I could watch porn, I could watch one porn, then I have an erection. But I realize now I have to spend hours, probably six hours to get an erection. So I knew the challenge was getting bad and bad. Then I had an issue again. I couldn't sleep, and my sleeping pattern was messed up. To go to bed, I need to masturbate. And when I wake up, I get so much tired. I just feel like, wow, I've, been, I've gone to bed. Waking up, I should be feeling relaxed, but now I'm so tired. I don't know why I'm so tired, my entire body. There was the day I went to the GP. Because I was having a problem with my private parts. Because when you masturbate and masturbate, Gary will probably know about this more than I The entire, I'm not saying, <laughs> sorry, Gary. I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, sorry. Sorry, sorry. What I, was, what, I'm, what I was trying to explain, when I say Gary, we probably know more. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay, actually, let me, let me, let me, let me reframe my. What I was saying is, because of um, people you've worked with, you probably have heard quite a lot of stories about this. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. <laughs> then you start having um, issues um, with sleeping pattern. Because with porn, what tends to happen is uh, your days are not normal anymore. The dopamine you need to get you going is on and on. You need something just. For me to even be happy, I need, I need to masturbate. For me to, for me to feel like going back to uni or studying, I need to do something just to get that urge, just to leave. That, I need something just to get me going. 
So my pattern, my sleeping pattern was messed up. Sometimes my, bro my younger brother would ask me, why are you sleeping throughout the day? Why are you sleeping throughout the day? I can't explain. It was difficult for me to explain. This for me was the most challenging part. And I could say this in these four walls. I started watching porn, but I got to a point, the porn wasn't doing it for me anymore. I've watched all manner. And I was in this movie studio. I was moving store in um, Soho. Like I said, I spent most of my time in Soho. I could spend five, six hours in that parameters of Soho Square, going through the entire area, looking corner. I don't know why I'm going around, but I'm just going around. And there was this particular day I was in a store. I've looked at all the movie. If I tell you, probably half then, probably to two to three hundred gigs of porn material on my laptop. I would download it, clean it up, and I would reload it again with new ones. So I got to a point I can go into a store and I could tell you, I've watched this, I've watched this, I've watched this, I've watched this. Then come a day, I said to myself, there must be something. So I was standing and I was looking at the same sex movie. I was like, okay, what's going on here? I got home that day. I said, hold on, what's going on? How did I end up looking for same sex? And I said to myself, no way, I'm going to kill myself. There's no way I'm going to end up watching homosexual movie. There's no chance. No way I'm going to do this to myself. But the thoughts kept on coming, kept on coming. So I used to live in a council flat in South Bamanzi. Very high. I live in a high rise. And then I was looking downward. I was thinking, man, I think it's better for me to jump and kill myself today because there's no way I'm going to watch homosexual movie. No chance. There's no way I'm going to do this to my dad or my mom. I mean, like I said to you, I grew up in a Christian home. So there's, there's still that inner consciousness telling me I'm a Christian, even though I've gone wayward. But I knew that there's no way. I don't know whether I was good or bad, but I knew that was extreme. There was no way I'm going to dabble into. But the challenge is, there's now a battle between the thoughts in my mind. Constantly, you need to watch this movie. You need to watch this movie. And I said, Lord, there's no way I'm going to watch this movie. It was a daily, daily, daily. I'm going to get back to that story. I went to, I went to Royal Holloway, University of London, to study computer science. Everybody knows if you're, if you're studying for computer science, your brain needs to be sound because you need to be writing programs, scripts, and stuff like that. But I can guarantee you the entire four years was spent downloading porn. Because in our lab, we, I mean, then we have the fastest of broadband. Before broadband comes out, I mean, we have the best of broadband, I mean, internet, cable, fiber, optic. So when you click download on internet, in two seconds, I can have 10 movies. So then I remember I used to chain my laptop into the lab. And my friends were telling me, Elisha, why, is all, why are you leaving your laptop here? But I was downloading movies. I was downloading porn. I could be in a city, I could be in a lecture, and I guess I'll just, I'll just walk out, go into the toilet, masturbate, and come back into the lecture room. That was my life. So I remembered, I'm going to jump after myself. There was this day, again, summer. I don't know why everything in my life is always summer. And I believe God loves something about my life. It's always going to be a sunny day. Something about to break forth in my life. There was this particular day, I was getting ready for my final year exams at university. But something in me, I knew I need to go. I knew something needed to change. I was probably going to kill myself or jump in front of the train. Because I remember vividly one day, I was standing in front of a platform in, um, in Essex, London, Chafford and Drain. And there's a train coming. And I was thinking to myself, should I just jump? Should I jump? Should I jump? But something in me keeps telling me, don't jump, don't jump. I just felt like jumping because I was just tired of living because of the kind of porn, the kind of, um, I've watched things that human beings should not be watching. So this very day, this very day, like every other day, I wanted to revise for my exams 
because I was getting, because I failed my first year exam, I had to repeat. My dad, my dad asked me, why did you fail your exam? I gave him a reason why I failed. Um, there was no money, so I had to do some jobs. But I knew why I failed my first year exam. So I was preparing for my final year exam. I knew there was no way I was going to repeat. But I was sitting in, the, I was sitting in my room. I was trying to revise, but I couldn't revise. It, the information wasn't just going in. I just went on the internet, download, watch porn, and I began to masturbate. As soon as I finished masturbating, I just, I just started crying. I knew something had to change. I was sobbing. I was sobbing. I was so much sobbing that I was just crying. It was just only me in the entire house. My brother wasn't there, just me. I was crying. And I shouted at all my voice. I said, Father, please take this thing away. I'm tired. That very day was the first day I felt a sense of peace. The desire for porn went off. And on that day, summer afternoon, I went through the entire house, packed the magazine, the videos, everything I could ever think of. Put them in a stash, threw them away, clear everything, the house was clean. But something was telling me I had to leave the house, leave the house, just leave the house. So I packed my bag, then university was in Egap, sorry, packed my bag, I told my friend, look, I'm about to study for my exams, and this was God's plan. I believe it was God's plan. I said, look, I need a place to stay. I need your help. He said, okay, you know what? You can stay in my place. I don't know why. I didn't know God had a plan. I left my home, and I was in this guy's house, and I never knew. It was after a while I knew what God was doing. I knew I had to change that location because I was used to that location. I could tell you many times I've packed all those materials. I'll put them in the bin. Come 12 o'clock in the night, I'll go back, take out the bin, remove the starch, and put it back in my shelf. I was, and I was asking myself, what am I, what am I doing in this house? Where am I? Where am I here? Where am I here? I, there's no way I'm going to tell you that the journey to freedom was easy. If I tell you that I'm lying, the freedom for me was costly. There are many times I wake up in the nighttime, I'll just be crying. I'll be crying. I'll be saying, Lord, why? 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 Why am I crying? You're probably going to ask me. Because, you see, this is someone I've trained my mind. I can close my eyes, just like, well, Gary, sorry, Gary, if I'm referring to you. I can walk the entire street of Oxford, Oxford Street. All I'm doing is just looking at pictures of women, looking at pictures. I can just be looking at pictures of women. All I'm doing is collecting those images. And come the night time, I'll just be playing over those images, masturbating and sleeping with them in my mind. I can walk around for two hours. My mind is just taking all those images like a photograph. Pa, 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 pa. I'm serious. Night time. Now, when I, when I, when I, give, when, when I, when I pray that prayer, going to bed was a challenge because I find it challenging closing my eyes. Because when, each time I close my eyes, all I'm seeing is just pictures of these women. I'm like, gosh. God, you need to help me here. I can't go to bed. But something keeps telling me, you can do it. I said, Lord, no way. Sometimes I'll try to stay up, stay up all night without sleep because the last thing I wanted to do was to close their eyes. Because if I close my eyes, I'm seeing women in my, in, my, in, my, in my entire mind. For me, salvation is not, um, is more than salvation. It's a 360 degrees of a changed life for me. So for me, when I'm telling my story to people, I tell them, if you really, really, really know what salvation is, you have to hear my story. So for me, I always tell myself, I'm like Paul on the way to Damascus. One time it was Saul, the next second it was Paul. So salvation for me was a journey. Restoration of my mind. What do I mean by this? Back then, if you said to me, Elisha, can you tell me what's going to happen in the next four minutes? I can't tell you. There's always this block. My, the entire brain is just it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a dark blockage. I can't just tell you what could happen. I can't think beyond a present moment. Okay, I know right now, next two minutes, 
I can go to the kitchen and get my food. But I can't tell you what could happen. There's this mental blockage. The very first time I gave my life to God, the only thing I was saying to God every day, Lord, please, give me my brain back. I need my brain. My brain, I need this brain because I knew I couldn't study. If you ask me to think, I can't think. It's difficult for me to reason. My, it's just, I don't know. I tell people, what's the purpose of living when your brain is not working? What's the, what's the big deal? You're living, but you can't think. You can't work. You haven't got a job because then I, I finished reading with third class. There was no job. There's nothing. So I was just living a life. There was no difference between myself and a madman. Every single day, Lord, please give me my brain. I'm so, I was, I'm so sorry I didn't bring my book. I was talking to my mentor then. I remember vividly what I was doing the very first time. I was reading, I was reading a book. Then the only thing I could read was the Bible. The only thing I could read and understand was so serene was the Bible. I could pick up the Bible and I would just be reading the Bible all day. That is the only place I have peace because I just feel, okay, I understand this. I could just be reading the stories. I just read these stories in the Bible. But one day I picked up the book and I was thinking, okay, I could comprehend, I could understand. Then I, was begin, I, begin, I began to scream. I'm like, wow, I could understand. I was screaming. I called my mentor, wow, do you know? But when I tell people this story, they don't, they can't, it's difficult for you to comprehend this when you've, you haven't lost the ability to understand or comprehend information. For me, to understand information, to process information to the point of understanding was a miracle. And please understand, there's a difference between freedom and restoration. They're too different. I was free, okay, no more porn, but there was no use of my mind. So you can be free, fine, but restoration is a different ball game. When it comes to imagination, I believe imagination is a gift God has given to everyone. Ability to create. I like what it says in Genesis. This they began to do. That means they've imagined to do some certain things. But God himself was saying to these people, I can't stop these people because they've imagined it. And because they've imagined it, I need to, do, I need to find something else to break that pattern. Our imagination is the most powerful tool God has given us. And I've trained, even now, as I'm speaking to you right now, for me to imagine stuff, I need to get a diary, because I always work with diary, write it out like a story. I'll read it over and over, and I have to, because the same imagination I've used to masturbate is the same faculty tool I can use to create good stuff. Now I have to retrain myself to use the same tool in doing good stuff. Again, Lord, you need to help me here. There's one day I slept. I slept. I woke up. In the dream, I felt like I just masturbated. Slept again. Three times I woke up. I was just crying. I said, Lord, I think this salvation, this salvation stuff was, is not working. I called my mentor. He said, Elisha, the salvation is working. Keep at it. Hold on. I can remember. For, and I was crying. He said, just hold on. Your imagination is the most precious gift that God has given every humanity. Now, like what Andre was saying, I think Andre was saying, he was speaking to me directly without knowing. Because when it comes to my assignment, I probably will tell you now, I wasn't calling to. I, the last thing I wanted to do was to talk to people. The moment I got my freedom, I wanted to make money. And I'm going to be honest. I wanted to make money. I said, Lord, thank you for freedom. I'm going to go to the city and make money. I'll give you money. If you want money, I'll give you money. For me, don't call me to ministry or don't call me to help people. That's the last thing. You're laughing. That's the truth. He knew the kind of person I was. I was very blunt. I would tell him. With my father, I probably, he can't kill me. I'll just tell him. There was this day I was working in Asso Fraser as a sales assistant. Because... Every of us, every one of us, we know how God speaks to us. I was standing there because I always have my devotion. But I knew that day was different. I felt, okay, today I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm just going to go home and sleep. No Bible study. I go home. <laughs> I had my desk. 
okay. I said, okay. I'm not going to study my Bible. As soon as I raise up my hand, I just begin to I just begin to cry. I said, whoa, Lord, why am I crying? And he said to me, son, you need to go and give them hope. The word was so clear. It was like someone talking to me the way I'm talking to you. I said, no, Lord. It was like battle, a toggle of war. I think for me, God like, knows I like, I'm not going to go easy. He said, son, go and give them hope. They need my hope. I knew he said it to me then. I just said, I woke. <laughs> well, after that day, I said, fine, God, I'll go and give them hope for us. <laughs> That's a, that's a different story entirely. This for me, I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to God I didn't get married as soon as I encountered freedom because I would have destroyed my wife. It took me seven years. Because I could be walking on the street. You see, what people don't understand is mentally, psychologically, everything you can think of. When you watch porn, the entire human system is disfigured, is reconfigured. This is very bad. I could walk in on the street, I would just have erection. Now I have to cover myself because the body is like an autopilot. And I'm thinking, sometimes I'll be carrying my bag and I'll be doing like this. <laughs> on the streets, but people don't know why I was doing it. It was very embarrassing. I say, Lord, this is not getting worse. But something we keep telling me, it took you 12, 13 years to get to where you are. It's going to take you time. When I tell people about freedom, freedom is just no. People, because people like quick fix, microwave, go in and out. And I say it doesn't work like that. My erection was the biggest challenge because, it was a challenge because it got to a point when I walk around, I had to, I, because I like looking smart, and I have to drop my shirt. I need to make sure I carry my, carry my rucksack. So when it happens, because it just felt my body wasn't normal anymore, I have to just carry my bag and walk like this. People be thinking, why is he carrying this bag? Well, you can't ask me anyway, it's my bag. I just walk around like that. Again, I go on my news. When I'm doing my Bible study, Lord, you need to help me here. This is becoming a disgrace. And again, he answered. All I'm giving you is just a testimony. And I thank God I married my right. I married, I have two boys now. There was no way I could have got married if this wasn't fixed. There was no chance. No way I could have. Same as sleeping pattern. Health. When you masturbate a lot, you're, I'm allowed, can I say this in a very nice way? There's no nicer way to say it. When you masturbate like someone, the way I did, four hours, five hours, there's no way your private parts will not be inflated with pain. Then I started having body swollen. I went to the GP once. <laughs> I knew what I was doing. He didn't know what I was doing. He said, oh, maybe you need to drink a lot of water. I'm nodding my head, I'm thinking, water? I knew what I was doing. <laughs> he said, um, okay, drink lots of water, stay away from juice. Um, just drink water, I'm thinking, Phew. pain. Sometimes abdomen, abdominal pain, body pain, constant headache, constant headache, constant headache. Again, that was restored. For me, there's no way I can leave the Lord because sometimes I go through my own challenges, but my last hope is Christ. Um, for me, we live in an age where, whether we like it or not, we have children that we, they need to be creative, business entrepreneur, career-minded. They all need sound mind to be effective. And whether we like it or not, that is the plan of the enemy to attack the mind. Because if the mind is attacked, there's nothing an individual is doing anymore on the earth. But that's the creative platform. That's the thinking platform. That's the reasoning platform. The brain with the mind. That's where everything happens. And if that is destroyed, what's the purpose of living? So my joy when I'm talking to parents is, look, do you want to raise your child 
without the function of a brain, then I get the attention. Oh, what do you mean? I'm just telling you, I'm just asking a question. Then that grabs your attention because when you expose your mind to pornography, that's what happens. So for me, I always believe that freedom is costly. Very, very costly. Freedom is costly because even when, when Christ went on the cross, when he went on the cross, he had to die. The nail had to go to his hand. And can you imagine? Just try it. You try it. You take a pin and put it in your hand and knock it in your hand and see the pain. I'm sorry to say this. I'm not, I'm not being ash. Freedom is not cheap. So when people are looking for freedom, it's good for us to be honest and tell them it's not cheap. You have to work for it. It's not going to be a microwave. It's not going to happen just like that. It's a process you have to go through. So quickly, I'm just going to give you seven takeaways that you can take home and you can use in your church as an individual. <clears throat> I think when we, when we speak it to people that need, um, that required help for maybe sex addiction or pornography addiction, it's very important for us to ask this honest question. Do you really want freedom? Before wasting your time, before wasting our time, because some people don't want freedom. They just want to waste your time. They just want to hear, your, hear you talk to them. Are you ready for freedom? So the first thing is, are you really, really in need of freedom? Because if not, then you can go away. And when you're ready, you can come back. So the first step is that desire. Do you want to be free? Because if the desire is not there, there's no way you can be free. It's very important. Because you can waste time canceling people, but the desire to be free is not really there. Excuse, excuse me. The first thing is desire. The next thing is a change of environment. As much as possible, they need to leave their environment they're used to. Because they're used to an environment, they have a memory of that environment. I always tell people, if you can, because I work with families, I work with um, Different whole sort of people. I'm sorry, I work with church leaders. Elisha, are you sure I should leave my home? And I'll ask them, if you don't want to leave your home, then you can, you can stay with the addiction. You're used to your environment. Leave your environment for a while. Just a clean environment that you can, you can be on your own. It's very important for us to tell them to leave their environment. Stay away from friends. Why am I saying stay away from friends? I remember when I was in university, I actually had to remove all my friends, delete all my friends, because all my friends watch porn. I'm sorry, all my friends watch porn. I kept in contact with one friend from university. He's a born-again Christian. He's a believer like myself. Every one of us watch porn in a computer science lab. I don't know whether all computer science did. I won't say it, but for my class, that's what we do. Number three, step three. I'll put this together, step three and step four. To renew the mind is a process, and it's going to take time. And sometimes people ask me, Elisha, why does it require a lot of time? And I'm so happy, that's why I said, Gary, the other leaders, they've actually laid the foundation. You've created a lot of pattern into the entire brain. And to deconstruct de de and reconstruct will take a lot of time as well. As a Christian, I always prescribe the God's word for people. And my foundation is Romans 12. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be ye transformed. And the word transformation is the Greek word. It's like a, it's a butterfly, like a newborn. I'm not going to go into the science of it. But the transformation takes place by constantly reading the word of God. But not just reading. And that's where many believers miss the point. Thinking and imagining the word. That is a secret. Because I'll give you an example here. If the Bible says, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation, all things are passed away, now all things have become new. All you then need to do, take that word and paint a picture. Now, Christ says, I'm free. In Christ's picture, I'm a free man. There was a t okay, I had the, had the Bible then, and this scripture, I say to myself, rough, I mean, over a year, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. 
I'm a new creation. The, person, the, the, the individual that used to watch porn is dead, is buried. I'm a new person now. I'll just, I'll just lie in the bed and I'll paint a picture of a perfect guy that's never watched porn. Because I had to do it. There's no way. If I keep telling myself, because something is telling me, look, you're not free. I'm telling myself, the Bible says I'm free, so I'm free. So that's what I'm doing. I just put a picture in my mind, I'm free. Even when the enemy is telling me you're not free, I said, oh, the Bible said, there's many times in my room, my younger brother would think, are you okay? I'll just go around in my room and I'm saying, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The person that used to watch porn, the person that used to masturbate is gone. I'm a new person. And I'm over and over and over and over and over. Step five, control your thoughts. is very, very important. I call it the battle of the thoughts. There are constant thoughts coming. So it's very, very important for us to tell anyone we're canceling, get a journal. The best way to capture the thoughts is to write it down. When you write it down, it's captured. Because then you can say, okay, this is what I'm thinking. Now, does this align with God's word? Does this align where I'm going? Because what you're doing now is you're filtering. Okay, this doesn't align. Thank you. Pass it aside. This doesn't align. I replace it with God's word. That's what, I, what you're doing. So you're replacing. It's very practical. It's very simple. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So the question is, this thought is coming whether I, I don't know where source is, which source is coming from. I don't care the source is coming from, but does it align with God's word? So far, it's not aligned with God's word. This thought, down. I'm taking this thought that aligns with God's word. So that, that's how you, we train people to capture their thought. Because if you cannot capture the thought, you cannot control what's going on in the mind of someone. I like what the Bible says. As a man thinketh, so is he. You can control the thought and the thinking. Then you're ready for freedom. Step six, please be patient. This takes time. It takes time. I was into this for 13 to 14 years. It takes time. I will never wish this on my enemy. I won't. If someone said to me, Elisha, I'm your enemy, I said, I thank God for your life. But what I went through, I won't wish it on your life. Freedom required a lot of patience. We can't do microwave. There's no microwave quick fix. Salvation is eat and run fine. But the process of freedom is a daily process. Is a daily process. Daily process. And which takes me to step seven. Be thankful for every hourly freedom. Then if I say to myself, wow, I've not watched porn. Wow, I've not watched porn now. Wow, Lord, thank you. Wow, I've not watched porn today. Then I had a journal. Wow, Monday, I didn't watch porn. Tuesday, I didn't watch porn. Thank you, Lord. Wednesday, one week. You build the art of Thanksgiving. I remember the first day I didn't watch porn for like a month. Boy, I was jumping. I didn't watch porn for a month. I was jumping like, this is a miracle. I was, I was thinking, God, I didn't watch porn for a month. This is a miracle. So it's very important for us to tell people, if you have freedom for like an hour, thank God for it. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. It's very, very important. Baby steps. So like I said to you, um, I think it's taken me a while for me to accept, to embrace my assignment from the Lord. It's taken a while because I'm a fighter. I don't know why some people like God's work, but I don't want to work for the Lord. Why I knew, I knew, I knew I had to do it. Now there's no question. I had to just do it. So the, so parenting generation X and living in freedom. So the living in freedom looks at individuals, leaders, churches, how we can help. And we look at Parenting Generation X. And Parenting Generation X is primarily focusing on parents. And what parents need to do to make sure they have any information. Because I've come across many parents that tell me that send their children to private school. And they'll tell me, Elisha, but the school, is, the school can handle that. Don't worry. The school can handle that. And I'll tell them, the school is not going to handle it. You have to handle it. Because my Bible says to me, train your child in the way it should go. This is school, train it. 
you have to train your child. So Parenting Generation X is set up. And again, the wisdom I believe the Lord has given me is that this is not a Christian platform. This is for parents. So whether you're a Christian or not Christian, you should be able to consume the information. But underneath it is heavily powered by the word of God. <laughs> so that's what Parenting Generation X is about. So our framework is very simple, empowered. So I always believe that the empowerment is a place of knowing that the tools that you need to either equip as to educate or empower someone that is going to freedom is in play. Equip. I think what has helped me so much is sometimes I don't think I'm, the, I'm not the smartest of the smart. I finished with a taught class from university, come on. That means failed, I failed. So I just tell the Lord, you know, you're not going to make a mess of me. He said, look, don't worry. You tell them your story, and you use every step you've gone through to equip my people. That's the only thing you can do for them. So sometimes when I'm trying to help people, I go into my imagination again and play it out. Okay, when I was doing this, what happened? What happened? Then I begin to scribble. Sometimes I'm in my shower, and I'll run out. My wife's like, where are you running to? Because I really wanted to jot out some stuff. I always get most of This is funny, but most of my inspiration comes from the shower. So I can spend two hours in the shower. And sometimes I come out of the shower and realize, oh, I've not actually had a shower today. So I have to go back and start over again. So, so equip. So we make sure there's tools for people to equip. And for churches, it's very important, like Gary was saying again, our leader, Dr. Ruth was saying, we need to give people tools that they can use. One, prayer, look, there's a place of prayer. Kneel down, lay hand on you, and they pray for you. That's fantastic. But you need, we need to give people tools that they can use. So we make sure that we have tools that people can use from templates of design, from different tools anyway. I don't want to spend too much of time on that. Because I promised team what I was going to do. So our framework. I use a framework because the framework, I always make sure this framework, whenever I'm, whenever, whenever I'm going through any process, I always make sure at the back of my head, I'm using the framework. Engage, empower, equip. Are they empowered? Are they equipped? Are they engaged? My framework, as a computer science student, I love systems. I always believe that systems helps. System determines behavior. So if I have a system, I can get a behavior, an output. So our framework, I've used the framework to see how we can engage either a family, churches, or any individual. And for me, the framework focuses on the following areas, spirituality, the mind, the brain, the emotion, the environment. So the free, I think the only advantage God has given me is because as a computer scientist, sometimes as a way I can break things up and put it back as a system. So I always ask myself question, this individual I'm speaking to, where are they? I know Gary said 200 questions. I haven't got 200 questions for. I use a system to ensure that I could tackle every area of their life. And I think this comes the end of my presentation. I wanted to allow a few minutes for questions. That was a fantastic story, Pope, wasn't it? I, I really was inspired by that. Thank you so much, um, Elisha. Has anybody got any questions they'd like to ask Elisha just for a few minutes um, as we sort of, um, before we get to the shortly? Uh, there's a microphone roving around. Uh, do you want Gary to go on? Oh, no, Gary, please. <laughs> You, you took something to your mentor. Did, did I hear that correctly? Yes. Could you enlarge on that for me? So, uh, so I think the good thing is um, I belong to a local church. And um, uh, my pastor, my resident pastor, I see him as my mentor. Because um, as a young child, as a young Christian growing up, he's very important for churches. So you're right in asking that question. To have someone that they can hold on to in that journey to freedom. Because it's not a, it's not a straightforward journey. 
and this is someone I can call. Was, I called him my mentor because I'm always calling him. What's going on? I thought I'm saved. It shouldn't be like this. What's happening here? So my pastor was my mentor. And he was able to hold my hand and said, it's okay. Keep on going. You can go. So my pastor was my mentor. I hope that answered your question. I think David had a question. And there's one here. I wanted to ask, how big a problem is pornography use amongst university students? Um, <laughs> I, think, I think for me, while I was in university, I, I loved doing research. It's massive. I'm sorry to use that word, massive. Just imagine phone. Whenever there's a phone, okay, how can I say, the best, way, the best way to say it, anywhere there's a phone, the possibility of, master, I mean, pornography is just a click away. That's just the best definition to say it. Because it's just a click, and you're there. And I tell a parent, when they ask me, oh, Elisha, boy, I've got filter, I've got control. I said, look, Tim, can I say this? I've done some research, and I believe it's God's grace. I've gone into some web pages that I believe if I wasn't in grace, there was no way I could go there and come out. These guys, they have, they've got the best data scientists, engineers, developers. They are gurus. They design tools to counterfeit the filters. Their job is to sell the content. They're in the business of selling content. They're, okay, they're, okay. they're trying to sell content. Are you trying to block our content? So it's a fight. So I tell a parent, it's good you've got control. It's fantastic. But please, don't be ignorant. This thing can still go through. Well, just um, I've got teenage kids, and they all know how to get around the school's <laughs> controls at their school. You know, they all know how to do that. Every single kid knows how to do that with their phones. So, yeah. Thanks for sharing. I'm sure um, we can all, it was something we could all relate to. Um, my question uh, is off the back of what Tim's saying as well, about what, what measures do you take as now being a dad of two sons? What measures do you take you know, with all that knowledge yeah. to stop them watching it? Yeah, well, um, do you I'll wanna... start and I'll <laughs> ask you for more wisdom, because we need collective wisdom on this, I think. Yes. Um, so the main thing I do is block internet access for devices at home between like seven in the morning and seven at night, other way around, seven at night to seven in the morning. Um, so um, for young children, so my youngest who's 12, none of his devices can access the internet after 7 p.m. and they can't do it again either till 7 a.m. the next morning. And they just can't, they can't get around that. That's the router that, you know, it's not a block on safe filtering, it's a block on all internet access, full stop. Um, and my older son then that's getting later and he keeps arguing for later and later. So that's a debate with it, which I have with him. That, that's the main thing I do, and then it's about talking to them and, and, and discussing and having life with them. And the other thing is actually having the computer access in the main living area with the kitchen so they're not hidden away. They don't have a computer in their room. It, it's, they, they do their computer activity with the family, and then you know, you're less tempted to do things that you know you'd be ashamed of in front of other people. So that's another thing. Um. I, I think my, I've got two boys, and they, they're, still in, they're still very young. Elisha is four, Isaiah is 20 months. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Elisha, I know. Um, for me, I think this is the wisdom the Lord gave me. And again, it goes back to the Word. The Word of God, you see, it depends on how you see God's Word. You can see it as a science book, or you can see it as a religious book. The Bible says, train your child in the way it should go. Then the question you ask yourself is, was God stupid? Doesn't he know that there's going to be technology? No. This, you see, we need to be very, very... Sometimes we need to approach God in this very, such a very simple and straight, direct way. He said, train your child in the way it should go. So there's a path I want them to go to. There's what you call training, whether it's coaching. No matter, you see, I believe in control. I'm a technology, I love technology. But I always believe. Okay, I'll tell you this story. This will help. There was this girl, very beautiful girl, um, young girl. And I said to her, you just finished university. How did you go through the uni life without messing up? And she said something that was very profound. She said to me, 
whenever she's about to take a step or go to a club or do something bad, she hears the word of the dad. The voice of the dad comes aloud. I said, what do you mean? She might be lying on the bed. She just said, Tommy, where are you going? So, and she'll be in her room fighting at that word. <laughs> now, God said to me, you know what's going on there? Over time, the dad has built in the words into her. But when challenge comes, the Holy Spirit takes the word the dad has already built. And the word outside, now the one that is inside can win because there's more of that reservoir. So sometimes, whether you have, don't get me wrong, technology is fantastic. That's why I believe parent has the power within himself to keep building the word in. The more word you have within your children, the day of challenge, when a wrong thought comes in, the word they already have is what the Holy Spirit will use. And said, no, that is not allowed. Boom, that negative word will go down. And the right word inside will sustain them. But if there's nothing inside, now there's a challenge. I believe that answered the question. One more question from this chap here. That question was covered, but can you elaborate a little bit more on this one? Because I think this is like very key. You said, sir, that the renewing of the mind is such an important thing, but some people, they just go a little bit too superficial on this one. They just read, they absorb the word, but the key is that imagination and so on. Can you just say a little bit more of that secret, how to make it in such an effective way that it would not be just a cliche that every Christian is saying to another Christian, but like that really make that difference in your getting out of that? Don't you go? Yeah. Okay. Um, I always take my inspiration from God's word. That's my inspiration. And I like what he says to Joshua. If you look at Joshua very well, Joshua was about to enter the land. He said, Joshua, I'm going to give you this book, but you need to keep thinking about this book. You're going to fight a war with these people, but you need to think on this word. If you think on this word, then the result of that word is going to be courage. Then you can go and fight the enemy. I'm going back to a f- fundamental principle that the, that, that the science and the coach has taken from the, from the Christian world, the ability to meditate, think, ponder, paint pictures. There's power where you paint a picture in your mind, and I'll tell you why. If I can close my mind now, back then, and play a picture of a woman, and my body can react as if I'm having sex, I'm going somewhere. If I can take a picture, just a picture, I can put it in my mind, and I will play with this picture in my mind to the point, my body will have an intercourse and experience real sex. That means the human being's entire nervous system has no difference between physical and picture. They react to the same thing. The science will tell you this. So pictures are powerful. Again, I go back to what Genesis was saying. This is what they begin to imagine. If God is saying to us that I cannot break the pattern of these people because of their imagination, that means our imagination is powerful. What I mean is that paint a picture. Those, those, find the word in the Bible that talks about purity, if that's the question you're asking for, the word that focused on New Testament that talks about purity, salvation, and use those words to talk about, to paint a picture in your mind. Okay, like I said to you, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I interpret that to mean what? I'm free. I, the man that used to watch porn is gone. So I begin to paint a picture of someone that has never watched porn before in my mind. So that is the process. Is a, you won't get the result like that. That's the question. You don't expect the result in one second. No. And that's why I said to you, my steps, patience is required. Patience. Take time out to meditate on the word and paint picture. That's the key thing. Not read. Paint a picture. Visualizing what Christ is saying. I'm free now. 
I'm free means I'm free. Paint a picture of someone that's free in your mind. You have to do that. That's what Christ says. He said, you are free. He said, you're a new man. So you can't be looking at the old man. You're looking at someone that's new. He said, I'm a new creation. You're a new person. Does that help? 